0: supposed to be an afternoon where Celtic salvage some pride in what has been a rather disastrous season but it didn't quite pan out that way. Welcome to the Record Celtic podcast. My name is Daniel Cor. Today I'm joined by Michael Gannon and Craig Swan. Guys, how are you? Yeah good Daniel thank you. Good morning. Yeah all good to Yeah um let's well let's get us stuck in I suppose let's um talk about the events of, of Sunday afternoon. I think before we start, obviously with the football, I think it's um kind of pertinent to, to mention um, Scott Brown's um, gesture towards Glenn Camara just before kick-off, obviously a rare moment of kind of solidarity and a, a pretty bitter rivalry.
1: Yeah, I, I thought it was a, I thought it was a kind of poignant moment of symbolism that uh, that some things kind of transcend the petty tribalism of of, of, of football. I thought it was a, a I thought it was a, a very nice gesture, made uh, important gesture made by Scott Brown. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that, that like for all there is rivalry and listen, we're a country when there's there's hatred and we know there's problems with the rivalry in in, in Glasgow, but I think it was a it was a really nice nice moment that they stand firm when it comes to these kind of things. Um, no, I thought it was a good touch. Likewise, I thought the kind of the two teams united and, and, and taking a stand rather than taking a knee, I thought it was a nice touch as well. Yeah. Um, it, set, it set a tone for a kind of it was an old firm derby but it was more like an old friends derby wasn't it it was a, it was a very strange kind of, um, kind of game in general but that was, a, that was a, a nice touch listen will it make a difference in the bigger picture I don't know I mean I have my doubts unfortunately with the way society is at the moment um, but I think it was a, a, a poignant moment to bring attention to that's for sure nah,
0: a really classy moment I thought as well um, the match itself Celtic the better team with these things yeah, I thought Celtic probably just edged it. I think
2: it would be unfair to probably to suggest that Rangers played with a normal intensity. They'd had a, a European tie just previous to that against Prague, and um, a lot of things went on. I'm not sure that, and it's always difficult to read into these matches. When I know everybody says that there's no such thing as a, a meaningless derby game and that type of thing, but. You know, when the when the league had already been decided, there was obviously going to be a bit of edge taken from it, and I think Michael alluded to that. There was possibly other reasons as well. I don't think it was as on edge as it can be, but I, nevertheless, I don't think it can be argued that Celtic were the better team. But it was just a, it was almost an encapsulation of an of an entire season there. Um, <laughs> Dance he's created, not enough of him taking and a bad goal loss from a set-piece. There you go,
0: season season wrapped up in 90 minutes. Celtic season in a microcosm. A uh, a couple of players that I thought we should maybe mention. um, First of all, Stephen Welsh, who, I don't know about you guys personally, I thought he's kind of really starting to come of age. Um, Looks like Celtic could have a a really decent player in their hands. Daniel,
2: he's been, in fairness, he's in the past two months or so, he's barely put a foot wrong. no. Well, she's done really, really well. Now, there is an argument to say he's basically just doing the nuts and bolts and he's not making errors that Shane Duffy had been making. And for that reason alone, it has, it has made him look good. Um, but I think there's there's real signs there that, that Celtic have got a proper defender there. Um,
0: uh, uh, sorry, sorry to jump in. No, just, I've, just on that, I've, I've seen a lot of, of fans on social media saying as well, there's a difference between playing in an Old fun game and the kind of white hot atmosphere as it usually is and behind closed doors which i take on board but like you just said for me he's barely put a foot wrong you know he's just very calm and composed yeah I, 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 no I get I get the point about the fact there's
1: no atmosphere in the games and that, that does maybe help but also another side of things somebody like Stephen Welsh who's been at the club for a long long time he's, he comes from a, a family who are all silly diehards and all that stuff he'll walk up on that pitch feeling the, the weight of pressure and expectation uh, right. More than anyone, so uh, despite the fact that maybe not, maybe not the noise and the kind of atmosphere and all that stuff, but he, he knows that, that that game matters and he's, 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 he's been part of the club for long enough. Um, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't just to kind of um downplay the kind of the atmosphere aspect of it all. I
0: right. think he's
1: been good. I, I mean, he's 21 years old, as if I center back, he's a he's a he's a bairn, so he's got a, long, a lot of development still to do. Uh, I think he's in good hands with John Kennedy. I think I think he can see. The What they do together, I think. I think he has. He has. He's improved with the use of the ball. Um, I think he's a defender. I think he likes to defend. He's. He's. he's I, mean, I look alongside the Louis Cassar alongside him. Maybe not the most natural defenders. I think he is a natural defender. Um, he's still. He still got a lot of development still to do. I still think they need to go out and buy another centre half, at least one, uh, especially with Christopher Julian out long term. I don't know when he's going to come back. Um, but in terms of his development when you look at guys I mean I see Jack Henry getting rave reviews in Belgium he's 25 take a bit longer but for centre half, 21 is nothing so he's got yeah. plenty of time in his hands um, it might be that he has a loan spell somewhere maybe English um, lower leagues maybe the championship league one or something like that um, but he's definitely one point, for the future you know, Is he not past that point now
2: Michael? I mean he had he had the spell well, well, well Swanee he's, he's, age, he's 21
1: right Swanee is he going to start the season next season as, as regular centre half next season? I suspect he might be third choice. You think so? Well, so Christopher Unink uh, is back September, October. Yeah. And one Christopher Iyer gets, Christopher Iyer gets sold. Gone. Chris Iyer will be gone.
2: Shane Duffy will be gone. We'll it. We'll it. We'll, we'll, but Bart will be there. So, he, so even if, if there's
1: one bot, he might even be second pick by the time ah. the season starts because yeah, I thought. Certainly, I need to buy two. So well, I need two. I need two well, now. Um,
2: well, even then, that means at the start of the season, he's third choice.
1: I don't think can afford
2: to let him go. Potentially, so just, yeah. I,
1: I, take I take your point. I but I think I think round playing playing twelve games next season. I think a, a good way to get him get out next year and get him playing, maybe in a league one in England, a rough and tumble kind of uh, atmosphere, with pressure on his shoulder, and fans back in the games and all that stuff, and then bring him back. Um, but I think he's got. I think he's a long term a long term prospect. I think he's 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 shown a lot of potential. I think he's got a big
0: future ahead of him. Yeah, I, I, we we mentioned there obviously the work he's been doing with John Kennedy, just as an aside you note. Know, I thought it was brilliant. In the post-match interview if you caught him saying uh aye, the work have been doing with Kendo and I- <laughs> <Aye>. <laughs> that was brilliant. Um
1: he's, he's, um, well, he's worked with him, he's worked with him for, for about five years. He was saying after the game he's worked with him for about five years. So right. he's known him, he knows him inside out and he's always been Kendo um, probably. He's not quite gaffer yet, but um <laughs> whether or not that's the case long term, I don't know either. Right. But uh aye, he's um he's, he's big mate, Kendo.
0: We'll come to uh, we'll come to John Kennedy's future in a wee moment, but just before that, um Edward's penalty claim. Dive or
2: Hard done by? What do you guys think? I didn't think there was a lot in it, to be honest. Um, n- listen, the only person who's, well, I'd say the only person who's going to know, the only two people who are going to know how much contact there was is on St. Edward and Bordovaris. That's it. Mm. Um, it's impossible for us to tell. It doesn't matter how many TV angles you look at. In typical form, Celtic were adamant it was, and Rangers were adamant it wasn't. Um I, I would say, had it been given, it would have been softer.
0: I think, I think that's fair. I, I mean, do you know the thing? I can't stand um, VAR down in England, but it was one of the ones that I feel like, see if you had the VAR really slow it down and kind of distort it, you know? I, I feel like it might have been given. I wasn't even sure you could... I,
1: listen, it. I've watched it, I've watched it about, about 50 times and I still can't make up my mind, so if I don't know how the effort you do with VAR right enough. No, I, um, I, think it, I think it was a dive and a penalty. I think it was both. <laughs> no, I do. I do. I think it was both. I think I think you can tell by the reaction. When when, when Banasek slides in, he looked like a guy who was guilty. <laughs> he looked well, his usually, face. When, usually, I will say, usually when someone throws their arms up in the air straight, away say I've never done it. It's, you, honestly, it's cookie jar time. <laughs> it's His face full of chocolate, and his face in the jar. So he's, he's, he's dived in, right? He's, he's missed not the ball. Well, exactly. Talking to man his face <laughs> is always the cookie jar. But he's slipped he's, he's, he's in, missed the ball. Edward has, has jumped over him and dived right. If he doesn't jump over him and dive, it's a penalty kick. So therefore his action to get out the way of him has uh, potentially denied him a penalty. Because yeah. if he didn't, it's a penalty. So if you have to jump out the way of a player, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter if you make contact. If you have to jump out the way, the ruling is it's a penalty or a free kick. That's so I, think he has, I think he has <laughs> dived to avoid to avoid the, to, to either take ride the challenge or avoid the challenge. And there's not been minimal, I mean, I mean whiskers of contact if there's any contact. I mean, I don't think there is much at all. But I think it was a dive, and I think it was a penalty. I think if he'd dived, his uh, dive wasn't quite as good, he'd have won a penalty. <laughs> it's a really bizarre moment, honestly. I think it was both. I think it was both. Um, look at Harry Kane's one on Sunday night. Um, slightly different, but not far off it. That He's invited the contact and then kind of went down. Um, and they're saying, "Oh, it was tame, but it, it, technically it was a penalty." But well, I think that was the same. I think it the tackle was was mistimed. He missed the ball, and if you do that, you're you're asking for bother. And I think it was a penalty kick as well as a act of simulation. So I don't know. That's the way I saw it. And, um, you can and, debate it till the cows come home because it's one of those ones. The more you see it, the more you're kind of confused by it.
0: Right.
1: and just generally Willie Collins' performance overall. What did you think? It was fine. It was a pretty tame game, wasn't it? It wasn't. It wasn't a particularly ferocious. I mean, uh, the first twenty minutes, I, I, I was sitting there thinking, this, this might, this might be the worst ever Old Firm game. Right. Um, nothing. I mean, the first twenty minutes were. It was the, the atmosphere, the because there's no fans. Obviously, the, the, there was no intensity. Rangers, understandably, were, were a bit kind of um, low key after their recent exploits. Celtic were a bit cautious, and it, it just seemed so kind of. Anodyne and and, and sanitised and it just it was crying out for something to happen. The goal was a godsend for the game, not just for Celtic because it really sparked it into life and it got quite. I actually thought it was quite an entertaining game after that. But yeah. the first twenty minutes was was not. An, it was, certainly wasn't an all fun game. It was um, it was like a parallel universe at that point. Um, but it, it picked up and it, but in terms of the referee, I mean, he let, let it go. the Usual kind of we well, he him. He likes to get involved sometimes. Um, the penalty is a big moment, but I, I think by and large he, he handled it pretty well.
0: We, oh, you guys have, have mentioned um, obviously people at I might not be there next season. The Celtic start of eleven. Personally, I think it's going to be. I think that that will be one of the start eleven you'll look back at and think, oh god, man, he played for Celtic. You know, you know what I mean? It'll be one of those ones that you know it'll be drastically different come August. But how different will it be? I mean, are we talking? You know, huge rebuilds. How many players do they need? Five, six, seven? There's a lot, a lot of talk
2: about what's needed. Um, you know, Big does this podcast a lot and, and he talked you know, he the branch that's needed. Um, you know, you're talking about maybe seven eight players. That's a very difficult thing to do. Um, I think there's probably maybe about half a dozen or there. Forgive me if I miss anyone out here, but you look at maybe Greg Taylor, Julianne, Turnbull, McGregor, Brown. James Forrest and then you're not really sure beyond that Welsh obviously will, will continue but as Mick says whether that's as a starter next year I'm, I'm not sure I think there may be they may have to try and get more out of one or two so I think the idea of bringing seven or eight signings in in one summer is just is highly unlikely Celtic are going to have to find a way to get more out of some of the guys who maybe haven't performed as well as should have done this season the one I find really fascinating I have to say it's Mohamed El Yunusi. I think he's a really fascinating one because there are a section of Celtic supporters who don't think he's done enough. There are another section of Celtic supporters who think he has shown plenty and enough big games. I mean, his numbers this year in terms of goals are good. His numbers last year were good for goals, and his first loan spell.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I think that position he played yesterday really looked like now. Again, as judging a dead rubber, you have to be careful. But I mean, you look at the goals he scored in Lille, for example, the hat trick he scored at Motherwell.
0: Yeah.
2: It's whether you're talking about—I don't know—Michael might have a view what we think Southampton may be looking for for El. You know, so we have a couple of years left in his contract, maybe 8 10 million. Is he is he is he worth that type of outlay? I'm not sure whether Celtic will see that. I'm not sure whether Elgin will want to stay, whether Southampton want to keep him. But he fascinates me. I think he's one who could be a real... I know you thought he could be player of the year at the start of the season. Mac, I know.
1: Uh, uh, But he's got got that amount of ability. Listen, that's that's the infuriating thing, Swanee. That's the infuriating thing about him. Because I think at the start of the season, I think he had the tools to be the best player in Scotland this season. And I think... Listen, he scored 16 goals this season, which, like you say, his numbers are good. But... I think he's been a letdown. I think he has. I think he's been a letdown. Um, I just think I, there's more, Michael. I think I agree with you. Yeah. I think I think he's been unfortunate because I don't think the way he's played this year, playing his strengths. Um, I I don't actually think that role he played on Sunday was was his best role. I don't think off the front like that. As I can and I can have four four one one thing. I don't. I'm not sure that's his best. I think he's better out better at wide, maybe. Yeah. Uh, as part of a kind of three, a four, two, three, one or something like that. The diamond kind of negates him a bit. Um I think I think that Celtics have struggled to get him in a position that he's was at his So I think they struggle They suffered this year in that aspect, but there's been games he's played, he's not impacted enough. Yeah. Um I think he's a frustrating player, because he has got all the tools, he's got a he's got a real burst of pace, he's got a final ball, he can score a goal. Um I look at, I look at kind of Scott Sinclair in his first season at Celtic and you think that, that's the kind of impact he could have had mm-hmm. this year. I know yeah. last year he, he showed it last year in flashes. I thought he was going to have a, a season like Scott Sinclair had in his first campaign. That's what I could see coming up. That's why I thought this guy's player of the year material. It's not really happening, so Swanee. It's not. It's not it's, it's, there's too many games where he's, he's not been influenced and you see him getting subbed off and he's kind of... I don't think it's just his character. He's a bit laid back. I don't know. Yeah, um, I'm just maybe because uh, it's a loan signing. I don't know him all that. I, do, I just think he's not yeah. quite justified the, the kind of early optimism with him.
2: Yeah, one. I just think, I just think the, the the prospect of of a team, or a club signing eight or nine players in one summer to revamp a team,
1: it's just I, I just can't. Uh, but see. That's, I, but that, is that is that not what they need, though? You're looking, you're looking. What what, what I do think, they need? I, I think they do, Michael. But I think so they need, need a, goal, a goalkeeper. But, I don't think you yes. can do it in one window, you know? Yeah, a goalkeeper. And, uh, at least one right-back, potentially two right-backs. Yeah,
2: a left-back.
1: A left-back back, left to compete with Taylor. Two centre-backs. Two, centre- two centre-backs to start the season with. Yeah. Probably a centre-midfield player with Brown future in doubt and his age. Uh, Sorrow, I'm not convinced about in longer term. I know yeah. people are raving about him, I'm not sure. I think they're they're lacking the wide areas. I mean, the moment they've got one winger and James Forrest, two wide players... Mm-hmm. and probably a centre-forward if Edward goes as well two, so that's eight players
2: two or three centre-forward
1: well, well I'm talking it's, I mean cast iron starters you're yeah. looking at eight you're looking at eight players that's a difficult thing like, to do in one
2: window Michael that's my point
1: point. and that's uh, I'm, I'm, we're assuming listen we're assuming that, that I Edward maybe Ryan Christie who's still on his contract are, are leaving and Brown goes to the pastures new or retires whatever so they're, they're four big guys that are that are, are, are leaving Chuck in the three loan signings that are, that are away, or four, Shane Duffy also as well. Um, that's a major... That's, that's starters. We're talking some of the like starters for next season. And then what I would throw guys as
0: well is that that's hard enough to do in any pre-season, but post-Covid as well, that's that's going to be... It's going to be, a, well, potentially a nightmare, you, you would have thought. Um, I know I know you guys are pressed for time, so I, I just want to quickly take your take on a couple of other things. Um, Celtic's uh, propensity to somehow... Every match conceded from from a set piece um, came up again uh, yesterday. The one guy that, um, I'm, not, I'm not obviously laying it all on him, but the one guy that I wanted to mention was, was obviously Christopher Iyer. Um, I know Michael, obviously there's a story in the record today about I'm talking about, or sorry, the they're not, they're not region manager, talking about how he looks almost like a, a man playing boys football. I mean, what, what do you guys think about that?
2: Oh, listen, it's, it wouldn't be the first time a, an international manager uh, of a player that plays in Scotland has had has had plenty to say. I'm not sure it's he it, it should have worded it quite as strongly as he did. I think everybody realises that Christopher Fryer has the tools and the ability to move to a bigger league. He'll, he'll struggle to find a bigger club than Celtic, but he'll, you know certainly move to a bigger league. Mm-hmm. Still, saw back and mentioned a, a, a one of the top five divisions. But he's, got a lot, he's still got a lot of brushing up to do. I mean, he's strong, he's composed, he's good with the ball at his feet. He's learned, I think, to stay on his feet longer now. He used to be very rash and dive in. Michael and I were in rain when he gave a penalty kick away in the Europa League. Last year, he just diving in for no reason. Mm-hmm. He's kind of got that stuff out. But a centre-back... Now, listen, it's maybe different than the top of but at the end of the day, set pieces account for so many goals in football these days. And to me, he doesn't want enough balls in the box. Three kicks get delivered into Celtic's area and corner kicks get delivered in Celtic's area. You want your centre-half to be throwing people out of the way to get a forehead on it. Yeah. Now, you look at the goal that was lost in Sunday against Rangers. Technically, that's not Christopher Fryer's fault. Leon Balligan is Scott Brown's man, and Scott Brown loses him. Mm-hmm. And Balligan wins the first header, and Joe Kenny's not alive to Morelos moving off him, and he puts it in. So none of it's actually Christopher Fryer's fault. But you just think, when you're talking about a top, top centre-half, they always make those balls theirs. Even yeah. if it's not their man, they catch the flight of the ball early and they go and deal with it. And I don't think he does it enough to be top, top, top at this stage of his career. But again, I come back to the point Michael said about Stephen Mills, Christopher Ayer's not old either. He's only in the embryonic too. Yeah. He's only in the embryonic <clears ears throat> as a centre-back. So he'll end up at the top. There's no doubt about it, but he's, he's, he's not the finished
0: article yet that's a good point to be fair I forget he's still quite young too um, what, did, what, did, what did you guys make then of um, overall what did this, mean, this match mean for John Kennedy, if anything not a lot
1: not a lot I don't think um, I think he'll still be part of a conversation in terms of, of the manager's role I don't think that's a realistic proposition um, purely in kind of terms of Celtic wanting to try and Win back I swear to the support and all that stuff so I think that it's a hard one to sell really I think I think John Kennedy's his reputation as a coach we all speak to people in the game and he's got a great reputation as a coach I think he's worth being at the club um, I think at some point John Kennedy's going to have to go out and, and become a manager on his own right somewhere um, and somebody will give him a job I know it was close I think Hibs a couple of years ago were, we're looking at him I think somebody will give him a job. I think he'll do well. I think he's I, I do think he's got a big future in management, John Kennedy. Um I think he's, he's his view of the game is good. I think he's a, a student, a kind of in um, I can have Rodgers. Um I can see um he, he's very tactical the way he works. Mm-hmm. Um sometimes a wee bit like coaching jargon that, that sometimes we glaze over. Listen, I mean me and Swan are old tabloid hounds. Mm-hmm. Um we get confused by a lot of this kind of stuff. He's it's, it's um <laughs> High, high pressing and low blocks and all that stuff. We, as yeah, uh, yeah. dinosaurs, struggle with come see kind of things. But yes, yeah, <laughs> he's very much a modern coach. I like. <laughs> I seen a few things on Sundays I liked. I could see in the part what he was doing. I thought it was quite good. Um. So I, I, think he's got a big future as manager now. No, I don't think so. Um, Joe,
0: I mean, I, I'm sorry, make to jump in. So I, I agree with you for what it's worth. But just to play I was advocate. If he, see, went to Scottish Cup, is he definitely out the running for the job? I think.
1: I still I still think it's about a hard sell. No. I still think I, I still think so. Um I think it it gives a, the the city border a, a question. Um but I don't know what you think but I think that's a a hard sell at a time when the 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 crowds are hopefully coming back post covid we touch wood so they, they want to get parkhead filled and all that stuff. Celtic are got a,
2: are a, a, a position. What do you think is an unfair situation actually on John Kennedy? And in, the, in yeah. fact, Celtic supporters at the moment are looking for a wow moment. They're looking for a Brendan Rodgers moment. That's yeah. what they want. That's not really John Kennedy's fault. And no. And it's not, I don't think the fact that the Celtic supporters don't really want John Kennedy. It's particularly all of them having a, a bad feeling or a bad thought towards John Kennedy. I don't think that's what it is. I think what I think what I think what you're saying is correct in the fact that when you say it's a hard sell, I think the Celtic fans just now are looking for a wow moment. Mm-hmm. this is a guy or this is the next one, and I'm not sure John would fit that profile. So I think it's probably more a he's more a victim of circumstance in this sense rather than his actual abilities. I think that's probably the best way to say it. Yeah,
0: um, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna just finish off today's uh, pod guys by putting you in the spot a wee bit on on the same sort of subject. Martin O'Neill yesterday was obviously one of the pundits from Sky it was um, kind of put to him about the next manager and he was got a bit coy and asked about himself but who do you guys think is most likely you know you have touched on it big name maybe needed for season tickets etc but how do you think it will play out if I knew McDermott Desmond was planning I'd have written it
1: <laughs> a point, I? I don't think he even knows what's happening at the moment <laughs> uh, that's the problem um, what, what will happen I don't think we can say, because really we can, because I don't think those decisions haven't been made yet. No.
0: Um,
1: I think I was amazed last week. When I know it was a bit of a, kind of a, a few-day wonder. The, the kind of Jesse Marsh stuff that came up in his, uh, his interview we did with the BBC, which was a kind of um, uh, putting your CV out there to the no. public, I think. I think, listen, I think Jesse Marsh would been cute. I think he was uh, flagging up his, um, his uh, availability to clubs uh, elsewhere rather than Celtic. But I was amazed at the kind of response to some by some fans like who's this guy and all that stuff. No, 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 dismissing them. I was, I was chuckling because that would he would be a phenomenal <laughs> manager take, take yeah, the bag. I, I agree. Um, he yeah. fits the bill at absolutely every single level that Celtic need right now. Um, whether they get him, I doubt it. I mean, I know that um, the Glad mentioned Gladbach were mentioned, but they've now they're going down. the, kind of, is it Xavi Alonso going there? Or is it Chavy? I seen it this morning, but they're, they're going a different direction anyway. We may open the door. I would look at if I was Celtic, I would look at somebody like Graeme Potter at Brighton. Mm, that's a good choice. the guy I would go for. Um, uh, he's not a particularly sexy name, to be honest with you. Do you a Graham Potter? He sounds like a, a comic Street <laughs> character. <laughs> <laughs> but he's a guy um, who has is is great. From
2: the Amex, from the Amex.
1: He's like the cobble streets of of, of, of Brighton. Um, I think he'd be an interesting one. Where are can get to Like tempt him away from Brighton. I think their their position is a little bit false. I know they're a bit of bother in that league. Um but I think he's he's a, a good coach, a builder. Um I think he'd be an interesting one. I think that's the kind of the manager the kind of the that, that would fit the bill. I know there's a lot of talk about uh, Enzo uh, Maresca, uh, youth coach at Man City. That's a gamble. I think people have dismissed that as a kind of as a kind of um, Pedro Cashina type of appointment. I don't think that's the case. I don't think he's that. He's got a, a lot of pedigree again, but unt- untested uh, as a manager at that kind of level. Um, but they'd a bold and, and kind of um, interesting move if that's the case.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, tricky for Celtic, then are a, a difficult market. That's, I mean, that's kind of oh. why the, the Neil Lennon got the job last time round as well. Um, the Ben and Rogers coup a couple of years ago was, was a kind of unique set of circumstances that came into being. The stars aligned for them. It was Rogers out of work. Looking to kind of I'm not saying rehabilitate His reputation But a bit of that Went a few trophies in the sideboard And he did that
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, I'm not even convinced That Rodgers would not Have got the Leicester job Even if he hadn't Done the Celtic job So I don't know If that, that worked As a setman so I think he'd have still Got that job At some point yeah. maybe um, So I don't know But there, there isn't another Brendan Rodgers out there They're not going to get A David Moyes now Or that kind of level So it's a tricky market Celtic are in They may have to think outside the box a wee bit mm-hmm. but uh, like I say I think the Potter one may, can you tempt him away from Brighton for that kind of job potentially Potentially you could no, yeah, I don't know.
2: I suppose the problem Michael is that when you're looking to tempt a guy of that ilk and it has to be there has to be some sort of discussion about time and time to build and things like that and the problem you've got in Glasgow is no. are people going to be prepared to allow uh, a 12 month and 18 month building process to take place Mm-hmm. Or there need to be somebody like a, one of the names that was mentioned, like a Sean Dyke, They come in and just hit the, hit the ground running immediately. And, and, and I do an overhaul overnight. It just depends, you know. And it, that, that that then lends an argument to quick fix. People are trying to do things quickly. Do, is it now the time for Celtic? I don't think anybody would disagree that the whole sighting of 10 in a row may be derailed focused slightly and long-term planning was maybe cast aside in terms of actually just trying to get over the line for that. Maybe the time has now come to sort of root and branch and strip it all back and start again and, and, and do the rebuild properly because you've got to be talking in terms of European football as well. Right. You know, I think it's something that Michael and, and i have talked about a lot. You know, the Celtic in Europe, it's, it's something that they really have to get stuck into and, and really try and make their mark. European competitions are going to start changing again. We all know the finances that are involved. You want to be building a proper club up to start getting in and, and, and challenging again and, and, and playing regularly post-Christmas in Europe and things like that. And I think maybe getting someone in to build would be the ideal scenario. It's just whether Celtic fans are prepared to take another hit for a season while this build is, is, rebuild is taking place. That's, that's the question I guess you'd have to ask everyone individually.
0: Yeah, absolutely. But Listen, guys, um, it's been an absolute pleasure um, I'm sure Celtic fans out there will have plenty um, plenty to say. I'm sure, sure they won't be shy on social media and get in touch if uh, they disagree or agree with any of your comments. Um, but as it's, it's been a real pleasure. Um, and uh, Thanks very much. And we'll, we'll hopefully be back soon with another, another Record Celtic podcast.